0: Hello everyone and welcome to a late night edition of Locked on NHL and here on Western Conference Wednesday where we are going to talk about the Locked on uh, hosts voting on the Hart Trophy power rankings and then we're going to talk about uh, our personal guesses or nominees for the Selkie Trophy. Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Western Conference Wednesday here at Locked on NHL. I'm your host, Jess Belmosto, Locked on Calgary Flames, joined by my partner of the North, Brett Holden of Locked on Oilers. How are you today, Brett?
1: I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself?
0: Can't complain. We're inching closer and closer to uh, regular hockey season, and I am looking forward to it
1: oh yes rookie camp is getting underway personally for the oilers are heading to penticton for their rookie camp and stuff like that so uh yeah i feel it it's right around the corner here
0: it is so i see you have a new jersey behind you this campbell jersey yes is that is it not jack campbell is it
1: it is Jack Campbell. Yeah, it's back when uh, he used to play for the uh, Texas Stars back in the AHL. And they won the, uh, um, the Calder Cup one of those years. I believe it was 2012, 2013. And they won. And I was like, I got to get one. I got to get one. So I actually had a Campbell jersey before he was an oiler. And then now he's an oiler. So I can kind of go, hey, look. I yeah, kind of tucked it away me. when he was a Leafs player, but now he's an oiler.
0: <laughs> look at that. It comes full circle.
1: Yeah, but exactly.
0: Today we are going to go over the lockdown NHL hosts, power inkings, four heart trophy candidates, winners. Top 20, but we're gonna break it down for you. Uh be sure to like, subscribe, comment, hit that notification bell on YouTube, and tune into Locked On Flames on any other streaming platform. Um, number one, we've got Connor McDavid. I feel like that was like the easiest vote. Like when I was selecting, I was like, okay, like how do you not have Connor McDavid as your number one guy there?
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, the guy runs can run any line, any game at any moment, and the things that he can do with, like you hear the the term he can. Or stick handle out of a, a telephone booth. He could stick handle out of a, a sheet of—I don't even know—a a block of ice. He could yeah. be stuck in a cryogenic. Chamber and still find a way to stick handle himself out of that position. He's fantastic. He can take over a game in any situation. You take a look at what he did against uh, the LA Kings in Game Seven at home, and he set the tone not from his offensive output by a hit on Sean Dersey, who is one of the most uh, notorious names in that series, and really got the crowd into it, got the team into it, and got them to go, hey, you know what? If our captain can do it, then we can do it too. It's not only those numbers which help in four 80 games, 44 goals, 79 assists, 123 goal, or points, excuse me. Could goal, you imagine?
0: 100. Oh my gosh.
1: Hey, maybe one day sometimes you sit there and and go you know what what can't this kid do and that's the thing you sit there and go what can't this kid do that's why he's number one
0: absolutely and you know i do have to give him credit for eliminating the flames in game seven and overtime. uh you know sometimes i watch that goal just to feel something because i'm like okay, hey, it's fine I, you know the flames get have another chip on their shoulder it's fine but mm-hmm. Coming up next in number two is, again, another obvious candidate. If it isn't Connor McDavid, it's going to be Austin Matthews. These two are always in the same uh, conversation when it comes to the Hart Trophy. Um, You know, he plays a wicked game. He just – I hate watching him play the Bruins. It really isn't (laughs) fun. But, again, what did he have? 50 goals last year? Uh, 60. sixty. Oh yeah, just just ten more. That's fine. <laughs> like, uh, ha- again, l- put him in a cryogenic ice block, and he could probably figure his way out of it. He has oh, the yeah. speed, he has the skill, and just the accuracy. Filthy.
1: <sighs> yeah, I, I won't lie. You know what? This was voted on by the Locked On hosts. And uh, we all got a, a chance to vote. And I will not lie, I did not put Austin Matthews second. No. I put the guy who's down at five second right now. But uh, I, I will talk about Austin Matthews because, like you said, he hes it goes Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews in any conversation around the league. My thing, and I understand that the hard Trophy is not a playoff trophy. But you take a look at the guys who are also the rest of the guys who are on this list, and they all played over, well, seven games. They all played 16, at least, playoff games. Yeah, Austin Matthews has consistently gone to important games, and his team has lost. When Austin Matthews was not in the lineup last year, they had a better win percentage than when he was in the lineup.
0: That makes you think. Is he the team's most valuable player?
1: uh, And that's what this whole trophy is about. And that was the whole thing. It's not even like it's last year. It's a last year issue. This is throughout his career. Their win percentage is better.
0: Yeah. Wow, makes you think. I still I mean, remember.
1: Hey, love Austin Matthews. I I think he has all the talent in the world. Like I said, I didn't have him at number two. I had him at number three, but I think the guy at number five, who I put at number two, if you're at, at in any way convoluted, yet, um, I think he 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 deserves it more. But a lo- yeah. all the love to Austin Matthews.
0: You know, I remember. I think it was last season. Um, when Austin Matthews went out and scored a hat trick and people were talking about, oh, well, like, is he finally in the same conversation as Connor McDavid? Like, is he better? And then Connor McDavid went out and scored, like, five goals against the Flames. So, you know, like, no. But yeah. <laughs> just no. You uh, felt that
1: personally, too. Connor did. <laughs> yeah. No,
0: seriously. Yeah. And Coming up at number three, we have our first defenseman, Kale McCarr, good old Calgary boy. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I feel like no one from the Avs should be considered because they're just all like, they're all so good, Mm -hmm. but like, it's not fair to the (laughs) other players. Just kidding. I love you, Avalanche. (laughs) I love you guys, but I just, oh, you're all too good.
1: I can't lie. Kale McCarr is a better hockey player than Austin Matthews. Again. Oh. No slight to Austin Matthews. No slight to Austin Matthews. Kale McCarr is the most complete hockey player in the NHL he can go out there and score at any point, completely turn the game on its head. I mean, he sits there and casually has 58 points in 77 games. His first 82 games, his point per game production was on par with Connor McDavid as a defenseman. At the same time, he can go and shut down anybody in his own end in the cycle on a rush in any way because of his foot speed, his physicality as a guy who's a finesse type player. He is a full 200 foot player who can actually produce defensively in the neutral zone and offensively. He is a generational player amongst generational players. Kel McCarr, I mean, I think Bet Online has him at a plus 1400 to win, and us at three. Kel McCarr, I think think genuinely is uh, just a special kid he I think he should be probably higher
0: I agree, you know, I think that um he I, I don't know, I just really like him personality wise <laughs> like you said all the good hockey stuff, and then I just think um of him eating like the stroop waffle on the bench, <laughs> and then this next guy coming up and saying, Hey. We don't eat carbs around here. And that is Nathan McKinnon. Um, yeah. Nathan McKinnon clocks in at number four. Um, yeah, that that seems about right. I mean, he is absolutely filthy uh, when he has the puck on his stick. And I just, I hate playing the avalanche. And I'm just yeah. going to keep saying that because there's nothing else for me to add.
1: But it it also almost seems at times when Stanley Cup teams go out there and play, like people are like, ah, man, like it's not necessarily tough to watch that team, but you sit there and go, ah. You know, it's it's the Tampa Bay Lightning type of hockey. It's the, the Pittsburgh Penguin type yeah. hockey, the Blackhawks, whatever. You go on Bruins, however you may be. Even Bruins hockey is fun to watch. But you sit there and watch Colorado Avalanche hockey and you have fun watching it. Oh, yeah. It's four fantastic lines who go out there and do everything right. And that starts with Nathan McKinnon. And he is a leader on that team. He's not the captain, but he could... The captaincy is almost an itemistic type thing. I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> I don't it know, is now. Yeah, yeah, you just throw it in there and it yeah. is now. But uh, it, it starts with those types of players. It starts at the top and it trickles down. And it you need the right type of players to do that. And that's what the Hart Trophy is all about. It's it's the most valuable to your team. Uh, and, and, I mean, if the team is that good... Right. It's pretty hard not to take a look at who the leaders are and in whatever situation go, okay, that is who it starts with. That is the most valuable player because it's the mentality. And, and Nathan McKinnon, the the points aside, I mean, 88 points in 65 games is a very impressive. Imagine what he would have in 82, Right, but it's the mindset and the type of game that he plays.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I do believe it was last year. He suffered a concussion, um, it was in a game against the Bruins. Uh, I just hopped uh, my own keyboard there. But um, <laughs> Taylor Hall, um, him and Taylor Hall got tangled up and mm-hmm. dumped his own stick into his nose or his mouth. And like, you know, even the best of the best are clumsy. But that's okay. It yeah. they're, just makes them more relatable. <laughs> and number five is your guy. I think you should do this introduction. I really do.
1: Yeah, this guy managed to finish the playoffs in second in points on one foot. And he played 16 games. He had seven goals, 25 assists, 32 points, one behind the leader. And as I said, on one foot. And that's Leon Draisaitl. May I also add he has finished the season once again with over 50 goals, 55 to be exact last year. Also by the way, many people seem to call him a power play merchant, a uh, a goal merchant whatever you may say about him. But he also matched those goals with 55 assists to finish with 110 points in 80 games. The guy can run his own line. He can go and compliment the best player in the world quietly and still produce just as efficiently as anybody else in the league yep. and can just do it all. He can also play in his own end. I mean, people say Austin Matthews is a full 200-foot player. and Austin Matthews last season, uh, he averaged about – Three seconds, if I'm not mistaken, on uh, shorthanded, when Leon Drysidel averaged 57 seconds per game on the penalty kill. So, I'm sorry. who's playing more and whose end here? Right. Leon Drysidel can do it all in every situation and at the same time be successful on that team and push that team in the most important ways. We talked about Austin Matthews and his win percentage in and out of the lineup. He's a very important player. But without Leon Dreisaitl, you see what Edmonton Oilers, the Edmonton Oilers aren't with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Imagine without Leon Dreisaitl alone. It would not be good. That is value to his team there.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, (laughs) you will very rarely see me compliment in Edmonton Oiler. uh, But I just, Leon uh, he is just someone that is, you know, like you said, he is truly a 200 foot player. And you do have to worry about him when you're um, on the power play, because he is just, he's going to be in your face. He's going to be down in that zone and it's going to make it nearly impossible for you to score. And just watching his playoff run um, <laughs> on one leg <laughs> is just like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's just something that you're going to look back on in 10, 15 years and say how, you know, this guy was just one of the best players in the world. And he just happened to be on the team with the best male hockey player in the world. And it's just, you know, it's amazing how that works out. Um I don't know. I agree with you. I, I had him ranked higher. I had him ranked, I think third. Um, I can't remember, but you know, I just, I think that not enough people give him enough credit and who that, that was hard to say, but uh, <laughs> Wrapping up this first segment here with number six, Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov. Yeah, he is the wild. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's the man. I, I can't lie. I love Kirill. Everything he does. I mean, he's a fantastic hockey player. I mean, he can produce 47 goals, a 61 assists, 108 points in 81 games. Is disgusting in any league, in any way. And Krill just makes it fun. That's why he's called Krill the Thrill. I mean, I could I think he could be a certain dark horse for sure, but six is almost too low.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was last off season when they were looking to get that extension done. Um he came back like after it had been signed or whatever. And some I think someone asked him, like, oh, like what did you do this off season? or you know, uh, someone said you were unreachable or something. And he was like, I was ice fishing. <laughs> like, ah. Yeah, no kidding. You probably don't have any service.
1: Yeah. And who yeah.
0: cares? You know what? These people have enough <laughs> enough excuses to have their phone off. That's a hockey
1: player right there.
0: Oh, right. Like, oh my gosh. But coming up next, we're going to round out the top 20 Um, We're going to jump around a little bit uh, just to talk a little bit about Jonathan Huberdeau and uh, Johnny Gaudreau, kind of neck and neck here. But uh, before we do that, let's take a quick break and talk about our friends at BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's game. We are now on to week two, and hopefully, the Cowboys will score a touchdown. Um, (laughs) They're no longer the only team in the league without a touchdown. Um, Probably not, but to bet online is also your continued source for all your sports wagering information. So maybe you bet that they don't get a touchdown. Including uh, live betting, esports, and scores, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports events, uh, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head on over to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, because this is Western Conference Wednesday, we're we're gonna skip. Six through ten, because they're—I don't want to say they're irrelevant, because they're—they're they're great players, but they're <laughs> relevant to the show. Um, coming in at number eleven is my guy, Jonathan Huberto, who finished last season with 115 points, and is a ginormous loss for the Florida Panthers, but a bigger gain for the Calgary flames. Um, You know, I think it makes sense that he's here. I don't, you know, you can't really say what he's going to be for the flames. You can only go off of uh, past experience and things like that. But you know, this flames team on paper looks great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I don't know if he's your number one guy.
1: I think he's in a better spot to win the Hart Trophy. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be honest, I think he's not in the the the, uh, the Sasha Barkov, uh, Shadow, the Ekblad. I, even Ekblad wouldn't win it. But you you still sit there and go, oh, there's this guy. There's this guy. There's a good team. This is this that and everything. I think in a Daryl Sutter system and a Calgary Flames system and a Calgary Flames light. He's more in a position to not necessarily be the, the star, but be the guy in in a bunch of different ways. And I mean, you're basically moving like for like, especially in regards to the point production between Huberto and. Johnny Goudreau, which is nice. I mean, 80 games, 115 points for Huberto, and 82 for Goudreau, 115 there. So it's it's a, a very easy, productive move. And you take a look at where Goudreau was in regards to the Hart Trophy votes as well. Like He was certainly in the conversation for a very long time. I think uh, Calgary is a good spot for him, to be able to show what he has in a better market. Because that's, that's how you're going to win it, is in a, a good hockey market. Because uh, John, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau has been doing this for a very long time. He goes to a Calgary Flames team that, like that, and he is going to run a lot of lines. And especially with the compliment of Nazem Kadri, Are they going to play on the same line, do you think? Or are they going to split them up?
0: I think that they might split them up. I think it'll be uh Huberto Lindholm and um Toffoli. and then von okay. Gipani, Kadri and Coleman.
1: See, Potent- see and that that allows Huberto to to uh, showcase himself and be the guy. Do you think if Calgary adds another top six player? that he would then overshadow Hubert Doe and and harm his ability to win the heart. Or do you think that if they brought somebody in who could compliment him, it would mean more to allow him to produce more and kind of come out in the spotlight a little bit more.
0: I definitely think it would be a situation where he has a chance to be complimented and not overshadowed. I think that was kind of the issue with Gaudreau because Kachuk was just so flashy and there's obviously nothing wrong with that. But um, I really want to see Huberdeau. Um, you know, I, see, I don't know what Daryl Sutter's plan is. I don't. I wish I did. But I I want to see them bring in another top six guy or just start Something else because the roster does feel incomplete.
1: I mean, how many, I'm going to bring up cap friendly now, but how many many. defensemen do you have on contract? You just brought in another player on PTO 11.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: So, I mean, you got a little bit of
0: the guy that they bring in every single year for a PTO.
1: Oh, stone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So,
0: and they still haven't signed Adam Rzicka who is a fantastic depth um, center, which I think this team needs. Um, He would be an upgrade over Kevin Rooney or Lucic on that fourth line. And I just, I don't know what's going on there. And it's stressing me out. And there's, I just feel like if nothing's been done at this point, it's inevitable that he's just going to be traded.
1: Somebody has to get moved. I mean, I mean that's a lot of capital for dra- trade capital for sure. But I'm looking here and I say, see, Jan Kuznetsov, who's 20 years old, could yeah. even push maybe if he's good enough for a roster spot. I mean, there's there's some guys here that you go, hmm. even Nick Milosh, who will be potentially like an up and down guy for the Flames. If, if need be, I mean, you have mm-hmm. ten players on, on on contract or ten defensemen on contract. I mean, there is trade capital there to move somebody, but that's that's I, I don't I don't know how I don't know how you do that to try and complement a Huberto.
0: No, you don't. Uh, but you still got I, cap space, no? Yeah, I they guess ha-
1: two million. Never mind. But anyways, <laughs> but
0: they, but he, but um. Husso will never see time with the Calgary Flames again because he, like, really, I don't know what he did to Daryl Sutter, but <laughs> Daryl Sutter, like, was like, get get off of my team, uh, yeah. sent him down to Stockton, uh, and that's just never happening again. So I truly thought that uh, in the Kachuk trade, he would have been packaged True. too.
1: True. Yeah. Um Calgary Flames, a lot of Calgary Flames talk there. Maybe yeah. we will come back to Goudreau in a minute, but there's another player, former second overall pick, who made the list, who I was uh, surprised to see in there, but we'll throw throw him in here anyways. I just I just feel like this is a kind of an almost an inside joke at this point. Cause I, I mean Jack Eichel has made the Vegas Golden Knights worse, right? Like he, yeah, he's hundred pretty- percent. He's 18th on this list. I think he probably should be 20th. He 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 made the, his team worse.
0: Yes, I don't know. There should be an award for that, but like a fan, <laughs> like a fan, not an NHL award, but like some like how Nickelodeon had like the Kids Choice Awards. Yeah, we should be able to do something for the fan from the fans True. to the league. Um, yeah, Jack Eichel did nothing didn't has done no favors for Vegas, including making their cap situation even worse.
1: I, I, I'm looking at the list. I think he's the only one on here who didn't play in the playoffs last year. I, in fact, I think he was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he was brought in to make that team a playoff team down the stretch. Yeah, now you're sitting there and going, oh, okay, you, you have cap issues. Your goaltender just went down with a probable season-ending injury. Your goaltenders are Aiden Hill, Laurent Brassois, and Logan Thompson. Your, your your best defenseman is Shea Theodore, all because you decided to sell the farm for Jack Eichel, who now takes up, uh, drumroll please. 12%,
0: right? 12%. Of your cap space, that's incredible. That's like I—I I don't think there's ever been a situation that—at least that comes to mind in recent history—where a team has traded for a superstar and that superstar has significantly impacted the team in this kind of negative way. You know, Vegas was having cap issues before; we knew that, but it—it it was kind of—it was funny because we I mean, could be like, "Ha ha." They're definitely not going to trade for Jack Eichel. How are they going to make that work? And then they do it. Um, My favorite part is that I remember Jack Eichel saying like, oh, I woke up one day and was like, I'm going to be a Colorado Avalanche. No, you're not. You're not a Stanley Cup champion. You are the laughing stock of everyone who has ever, I don't want to say doubted you because in your mind, Jack Eichel, I know you're listening to this, doubted you. But no, I feel like everyone is just
1: right. <laughs> ha ha, not funny. Ha ha, but funny weird. Funny, weird. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I I completely agree. And and the sad thing is, not even the sad thing, because I feel like that's a bit of a hyperbole. But I, I I consistently thought that and have uh, defended Jack Eichel because he was in the Connor McDavid draft. That if it wasn't for Connor McDavid, he would have been the first overall pick. But you sit here, what, seven years later, eight years later, and you go... Man, the impact that he had in Buffalo was negative. He moved, and now Buffalo's actually a pretty respectable, cool team. We're a young and up and coming team. Alex Tuck, I, I've, I've talked crap about Alex Tuck a little bit as, as satirically, but he's a good hockey player. He's done well, and especially in, in Buffalo, you have young players like Owen Power coming in, uh, uh, Rasmus, uh, what's his name? Not Sandine, Rasmus. Uh, Darlene has been set yes. coming into his own. Like They have a young, relatively young core. They just signed Tage Thompson, Dylan Cousins over there as well. They are building a culture around there that they weren't able to do with Jack Eichel there. I now you see lie. what Vegas Golden Knights aren't able to really build a culture over there because Jack Eichel is there. Mm-hmm. I, that is not what an MVP does. <laughs>
0: no, not at all. And no. I just... You know, I think that the Jack Eichel situation is something that we could spend forever talking about because if you go back to you know when to when he was drafted and you know I just remember it being Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel. These mm-hmm. are the future. Like these two are the future. And I know every draft has like that kid that's the future, but like these two were just crazy talented and all this but it um it's only really worked out for one of them
1: yeah yeah well i I didn't
0: expect it to be an edmonton oiler
1: (laughs) thank you thank you so much i'm sorry. No, but even, I mean, you take a look in the rest of the draft, Mitch Marner is also on this list, higher on this list, and is more likely to win it than than Eichel. He went fourth overall. Other than that, I mean uh, the next guy on our list, or well, basically on this list, who is on nineteen, who finished nineteenth in our votes, and is also in the Western Conference that we were going to bring up, went tenth overall in the twenty fifteen draft, and that's Miko Rantanen. And Miko Rantanen should win it over Jack Eichel, and he is the third player on his uh, on his team on this list, third best player on his team, maybe fourth, maybe even fifth, and he's still. More likely to win this uh, MVP award than Jack Eichel is. Yeah,
0: I don't Uh, know. I feel like on this list, like our power rankings, not uh, bet online's odds, I feel like he should even be a top 15 potentially. I don't know. I don't know. Miko Ratnan, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: no, 100%. I mean, last year in 75 games, uh, 36 goals, 56 assists, 92 points. And then in the playoffs in 20 games, five goals, 20 assists. 25 points he's producing in important games on a team that is flooded with fantastic hockey players and productive hockey players and he goes out there does a job knows his his job knows his role and does it with a smile on his face and a ring on his finger. I can't say that
0: about some other guys on this list.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and it also comes down to it. We even mentioned it about Austin Matthews too. Look at what all these other players did. They all played double digit playoff games. Even Johnny Goodrow on, on this list last mm-hmm. year. Jack Eichel played zero. Austin Matthews played seven. One series. Yep. I don't
0: know. Just, Leaders
1: that's that's what you need to win this this trophy and and I don't see it in those two
0: no, I don't and you know I feel like with a leader, you don't have the you don't address the media the way that Jack Eichel has
1: no no,
0: you know, and I know that people i I love it when players go out there and call it what it is, but sometimes you you really have to just be like, yeah. I sucked. Yeah, and, like you own your stuff, but you don't like have a hissy fit over it. And I think that that's like one of the more responsible things that you're gonna see in guys like McDavid, <laughs> like Drysital, regardless of <laughs> what this other media members have to say. Yeah. And uh, Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, uh, Gabe Landeskog's not on this list, but you know. It, it starts at the top, like
1: that a hundred percent and and that you you take a look at those situations and there's a difference between standing up for your guys, your players, your your whoever yeah. to yourself in the media to the media. And there's just a difference uh, – there's a difference between that and, and going out there and just ripping somebody to rip somebody. Like, the, oh, Brooksy, you're an idiot, blah, 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 from Tortorella, whatever. You you yes. get there and you go, oh, those are funny clips, but whatever. Did Brooksy deserve it? Sit there, whatever. You sit there and you take a look at the dry side. You even take a look – I'll give it to Austin Matthews for standing up to Steve Simmons as well and going, I can't believe I'm answering your question after the the, the article you wrote about me, but whatever – you sit there and go you know what yes these are human beings they are they have all the right to air them out but you have to do it the right way and right. jack eichel uh, from basically the gecko hasn't been able to do that
0: yeah the heart
1: trophy the most valuable player however yeah. the selkie trophy
0: this is my favorite. I love this trophy so much. Really, eh? Because you were the one who mentioned
1: it. I was like, okay, yeah, I take it. Let's let's talk yeah. about the selkie. Um, the selkie kind of embodies exactly the opposite of what we were just saying. Uh, um, Jack Eichel does in the uh, um, the the media. So maybe he won't be winning this trophy. But let's talk about who will win the selkie
0: trophy. Yes, the best two way forward and uh, you know someday they're gonna rename this the patrice bergeron trophy and that is when my little loaf of (laughs) bread yep literally (laughs) that's for those of you who aren't watching (laughs) on youtube brett just held up his little whiteboard and it says selkie patrice bergeron so i think that that's the obvious uh answer there but i do think someday down the road My uh, loaf of bread, Andrew Mangiapane, Uh will win this award, but it will be named the Patrice Bergeron Trophy (laughs) by that point. Um, Yeah, so Patrice Bergeron, I think, is the easy number one candidate there. That's, um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I dig. I dig that answer. Let's let's have a little fun with it, though. I, yeah. I, 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 and that's the thing. I, I, you said Selke, and I'm like Patrice Bergeron. Yes. Okay, who else is? it? I like the Mangiapane call. I mean, we are on Western Conference Wednesdays, so Mangiapane, the the Calgary Flame. Yes, I think, I think that's a, a fantastic call with with Mangiapane. Everybody. Praises him on the 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 full two hundred foot game that he can possess. Uh, how disciplined is he? Can he stay disciplined? I think that's one of the 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 recalls, I guess, or the yeah the, the statistics that go to the Selkies. Can they stay out of the box? Can can Manjupani stay out of the box?
0: I think he can. Um, I'm gonna look up his numbers really quickly, but I don't <laughs> recall him frequently making trips uh to the penalty box really in his career um oh he had 38 penalty minutes uh over 82 games last season so I mean that's six more than um Bergie had so you know I think that there's still some obviously room to grow for him he's only 26 Mm -hmm. years old um I think Flames fans are going to be looking for him to take that next step, whether that be um, I think more consistent goal scoring is going to be the number one thing, but, you know, I think he does have that 200 foot game down pat and he just has to be a little bit more of a consistent goal scorer. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I hear that. And there's also a a difference as well uh, between the penalty minutes and standing up for your team and making taking smart penalties right there's that exactly. that's also a part of of being a good and smart hockey player and that's what the selkie is about is about oh yeah, that's what i i think what gets lost in translation with a lot of people when you talk about the best players in the nhl the best players in hockey cuz you can talk about the shooting and the 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 best type of shooter in austin matthews but you also take a look at his assist numbers not as good i mean 46 assists last year was fantastic but i mean you still sit there and you go well he's kind of a one-trick pony connor mcdavid isn't you know this guy isn't leandra i mean i i raved about Kale mccarr because he can do it all over the place and i think that's that's what the embodiment of the selkie is is mm-hmm. just people who can do the right things at the mm-hmm. right time more often than not, and, yeah. and I think that's that's what Bergeron embodies. I think even Mangiapane. Uh, there's a difference between, like I said, taking a dumb penalty and a necessary penalty. In the at the end of the day, they all look on the score sheet the exact same, but in in the game at the the, the most you can differentiate thing, it. Exactly, and that's what it is about You can take a look at the numbers and go Oh, he's 38, Wow, well, he's undisciplined Or this, that, or the other thing But still go, you know what, that's an important hockey player right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out another name in there Just because he, he's kind of nearing the end of his career But he does, he's still a uh, top talent in the NHL A very uh, nose-to-the-grindstone type hockey player I'm going to throw out Ryan O'Reilly Only 12- I like
0: that I feel
1: well, like that. Minutes last year, very disciplined hockey player. 78 games played, 21 goals, 37 assists for O'Reilly last year, 58 points. On a good hockey team, He, he, he another guy who can kind of do it all, does a lot of the right things well. I think if, if Patrice Bergeron gets hurt or something and goes down at some point, I yeah. think uh, Ryan O'Reilly would be a decent show.
0: Yeah, you know, Ryan O'Reilly is (laughs) uh, a a great hockey player. Um, Definitely someone that, you know, you'd like to have on your team, I think, as a leader as well. So he is, like you said, um, towards the end of his career. But he has that cup. He has, pretty sure, has he won the Selkie before? I believe He He won it last, not this past year, but the year before. I could be mistaken.
1: But, I did write it down, but I thought previous selkie winners. It was all basically uh, uh, Patrice Bergeron. So I was like, "Oh, okay, I know who yeah. I, I'm picking." Um, but yeah, no, I I, I agree. I, I I agree with with what you're saying for the most part here. Okay, hold on. Here it is. Yes, no, that was on Jacoby. Hold on. Oh. Here it is. Yeah, 2019. There we go. Oh, okay. 2019. That's he right. He it. won
0: his cup and the yeah. You're right. Yes, there it is.
1: Yeah, there yeah. we go. So won the cup yeah.
0: and stupid Selkie in the same year.
1: I didn't even think about that. There we go. He is a former winner. So hey, not as bad of a show as I thought it was. There we go.
0: Yeah, I- no, I I like him. I think that you know he is a really good choice. I don't know why, but whenever I think of Ryan O'Reilly, I think of Blake Wheeler as well. Mm. Um I don't know why that could just be some weird association, but um, I like, I really enjoy Ryan O'Reilly. I hope that he, I don't know how much longer in his contract he has, but I hope that, you know, he does enjoy uh, the tail end of his career and Mm -hmm. um, doesn't get pushed out by all this youth that St. Louis is signing all at once. Mm
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh two more quick names uh, I at one I just have a quick uh, yeah. question for you I want to throw to you quickly and then another I just I have a suggestion as a name maybe to watch down the line for this trophy but the first one I want to know your your opinions your thoughts on Jordan Eberle, is he still there? Do you think is he kind of still one of those maybe not necessarily upper echelon players, but one of those players that you know you sit there and go, oh, Jordan Eberle is a good hockey player. He, I mean, last year in Seattle, so it was a tough season. Seventy nine games played, twenty one goals, twenty three assists, forty four points is he still there or is he just, uh, I'm just thinking he had 14 penalty minutes. So maybe another player who could be in this conversation.
0: Yeah. You know, I think that this is just one of those situations where he had like a really unfortunate year. Um, When he was with the Islanders, they had, he I'm almost positive. He had very, very productive post seasons. So, uh, and you know, obviously the Islanders had a fall from Greece and, Maybe it's because he left, but, um, you know, I think that he is definitely like still hanging around there. could be like a little cusp player. I I was,
1: I was always an Eberle guy. Obviously, yeah. he was an 08 Oilers pick, but I always wanted him. But another name uh, just to, to get off out here and finish the, the this episode here today. The last name that I I think would be an interesting name down the line to maybe watch for the Selkie. He, he won a Stanley Cup this year in his first full season in the NHL. He was a fantastic third-line center who can turn into a, a very interesting two-way player down the road. He played in a a tough BCHL league uh, for the Victoria Grizzlies back in the day, and that's Alex Newhook. I I really like Alex Newhook. I, I loved him coming up through his draft year and watching him play. He can do so much with the puck. A great shooter, but he is such a smart hockey player. A disciplined hockey player in 71 games this year. 12 penalty minutes in his first full season in the NHL. I think Alex Newhook could be a guy down the road who who's very very good.
0: Yeah. No. I um I have a friend that works with the Avalanche, Mm. and they said that you know he's just a great guy to be around, and definitely Uh just like a good person. So you know, if you're a good person and have good hockey, you know that's all you can ask for. But Mm. um, I think that that's definitely a name people should be watching out for, uh, especially not that the abs are like an ancient team, but as you know, they have older players now that they have their cup, I think that they, you know, can do whatever they want, whether it be Mm -hmm. retire, sign a quick one year contract. But, um, I think it'll be exciting to watch him work his way through the lineup a little bit, maybe see where, um, he lands in a few years, just as, you know, as he develops. But, um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, 12 penalty minutes through 70-something games in your first season. I would love to see another player in recent years that's done something like that. Uh, I can't name anyone that comes to mind.
1: A hundred percent and played in a high leverage situation yes. as well. I mean, there's a different, you can go out there and play on the fourth line. You're like, Oh, I'm technically I'm playing, you know, yeah, exactly. But he's out there. He he's playing shorthanded. He's can play on the second unit at time. I mean, I just, I really think like you said, the important thing is the, the development, but I think new hook is, ah, uh, I've always loved new hook, but I think we should call it there. It's today. It, it, we've been, Oh, I'm raving about a lot of players. I Today's been a day, hasn't it? <laughs>
0: it has absolutely been a day. Um, I'm glad that it's coming to an end here in a, an hour and a half here on the East Coast. But uh, thank you all so much for making Locked On NHL part of your day every day here uh, on the national show you can check out Locked on Avalanche as well to hear all about uh, basically a majority of the players we talked about. Um, They offer great insight as well. They're really great hosts over there. So be sure uh, to subscribe to Locked on NHL while you're here. Check us out on any podcast platform free on YouTube, subscribe, hit the bell, do all uh, notifications, not personalized. And of course, you can follow Locked On Flames wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Just Belmosto. And Brett, this is your spiel.
1: <laughs> you can find me personally at The Real Holden 40 on all platforms, but you don't care about me. You care about the hockey. You care about the product on the ice. You care about the Edmonton Oilers. And you can find Locked On Oilers. At locked on Oilers on Twitter and also on YouTube if you haven't subscribed already what are you doing we are over there at uh, locked on Oilers basically how you, you say all the other find all the other shows on the locked on network so make sure you find us there
0: yes and tune in to uh, locked on NHL on Thursday because they they're always coming up with great things to talk about here on the network and You know, we just have a very specified show. So, you know, we love talking about the Western Conference here. And we will catch you next Wednesday as uh, most rookie camps, I believe, start. So, again, we we have made it, folks. We are so (laughs) close. And until then, catch you next time.